Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the incredible mystery that is the Holy Trinity. I pray that you would give us grace to comprehend in whatever way is possible and also to honor that mystery. And today I pray that you would give me a mouth to preach and us all ears to hear in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Today is Trinity Sunday, and it's an appropriate time to commemorate the Holy Trinity because this whole, uh, the, the Christian calendar has been pointing to this day. We've called out to God the Father Almighty to deliver us in the Advent season. And then he sent his son, Jesus Christ, in Christmas, who we learn in Lent and Eastertide, died, rose again, and is ascended in heaven for us and for our salvation. And then last week, Jesus, we commemorated, Jesus sent his Holy Spirit into our hearts for our sanctification. So we have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's an appropriate uh, thing to commemorate today with this Holy Trinity. And I'm going to try and do the Holy Trinity justice today but I don't have much time. We had a long Old Testament reading. We have an exhortation after this. So I'm going to try to keep it brief, but uh, have mercy on me um, you know, for, for trying to keep it short. We're going to focus on Matthew 28, the Great Commission passage. This is the mention of the Holy Trinity. Jesus gives the church, the apostles then, but the church now, are marching orders. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. The curious invocation of the name of the Trinity is embedded within the baptismal formula, which itself is part of our mission. There's two um, observations of this Great Commission passage. The first is that the Trinity is essential, essential to making somebody Christian. The name is right there in the baptismal formula. We are embedded, immersed in the Holy Trinity through the waters of baptism. And then the second is this, that there is a trajectory seen in the Great Commission, and it's seen throughout Scripture, a mission from the Trinity through the church and into the entire world. This is our commission. And so that's what I want to explore from the Trinity, through the church, and into the world. So we'll start by doing as much as we can to unpack the Trinity. And so let's, exp let's unpack this a little bit more. So the Trinity is a mystery. It's a holy mystery that tries to grasp that God who is one nature and three persons. And throughout the scriptures, we hear that God is one, and yet we see that God is three distinct persons, co-eternal, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And they're all in relationship with each other, and yet there's only one God, and if you think you get it, you're not. It, it, it is hard to unpack and explain. But it's like this. In 1 John, we hear that God is love. And what that means is that God is always, forever, in this loving, 
an overabundant relationship with his son and the Holy Spirit. There's an eternal community. Before space-time even existed, God is always Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the scriptures unveil this for us. In fact, we see this throughout. And I'm not going to go too much into Old and New Testament and all of that. That could take a long time. But it's, it's, it's clearly embedded in the scriptures. And we see in Jesus' own teaching to his disciples the Trinity. John 15, 26, Jesus talks about the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit when he says, When the Helper comes, whom I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And then Jesus himself explains even more his relationship with the, with the Father. When he says, and, and, and he's praying, Jesus is praying to the Father in John 17, this is called the high priestly prayer. And he says this, And now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. Before Jesus took on human flesh, before God had created space and time and matter and material, Jesus was the, the word of God. The son of God was always with the Father and the Holy Spirit. And we see reference to the Holy Trinity very clearly throughout the New Testament, especially in places like we read today uh, with 2 Corinthians and Matthew 28, the Great Commission. In 1 Corinthians 12, we hear St. Paul talk about the Trinity when he says, There are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit, a variety of, of service, but the same Lord, and a variety of activities, but the same God who empowers all and all, everyone. So my point is this. So a good summation of the Trinity is the Nicene Creed. We'll recite the Nicene Creed after this. If I say anything that contradicts the Nicene Creed, then don't listen to me and believe that instead. But the, the, the Council of Nicaea in the 300s did not make up the Trinity. It was something that Christians had believed long before, and there were hints of it even within Judaism and and, and within the Old Testament. And the Trinity is really, really important. Why? Why does it matter? Well, the first thing I would say is that we human beings were intended for relationship with each other. That's clear. You, you cut people off from relationship with other people and they wither and die. And with God. This is built into our design. We hear this in uh, uh, Genesis 28, uh, 1 verse 28 today. Man was made in the image and the, after the likeness of God. In Genesis 5, it's unpacked a little bit more about what this means. It, it at least means this. We hear, when God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. Male and female, he created them. And he blessed them and named them man or Adam when they were created. When Adam had lived 130 years, he fathered a son in his own likeness and after his image and named him Seth. What this means is that the image of God at least means that we were created to be sons and daughters of God the Father. We were intended for a relationship. Now we know in, in scripture and in lived experience that that's 
that our default setting is not that. We were born into this world and we're raised, and apart from God's grace, we don't know him. That relationship is severed. But God, in particular, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, have intervened to redeem that relationship. This is the good news, the gospel of the Trinity. In Galatians 4, we hear the following in verse 4. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons. That relationship is restored. And because you are sons, God, the Father, has sent the Holy Spirit of his Son, Jesus Christ, into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. The Trinity is there saving us. The Trinity is here in your lives, bringing about salvation. Without the Trinity, there's no salvation. God saves us through Jesus and by his Spirit. Now, if, if Jesus were not God, but were instead some sort of supercharged human being, then he, he wouldn't be able to save us. He would be an example for us, and we would have to follow after his example. See, if Jesus were not God, then it's up to us. We're on our own. If the Holy Spirit were not God, we're on our own. We have to muster up something within us to climb our way up to God, but we have a bad track record, and we are incapable of that on our own. God himself had to come down to us, to intervene to us, to come down through the incarnation of, of his son, Jesus, to, to, through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. God has to come down, and that's what we see in the Holy Trinity. If God were not triune, were not our Savior, we would have to be, and we are incapable of that. And so what God has saved us into is the triune community. So the, the church itself is that triune relationship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, with redeemed sinners welcomed in and brought in. This is what we see in 2 Corinthians, our, 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 our um, uh, New Testament reading today. We see this redeemed community. Finally, brothers, rejoice, aim at restoration, comfort one another, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God and love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. This is the inner working of this triune relationship with uh, uh, lived out through the church. But what comes one verse after that? The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. This is none other than the Trinity. You see, the church is just an outgrowth of God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the relationship of the Trinity. We, united with Jesus through the Spirit, are united with each other. We are one body. And this is the church. But the church, however, is not intended to be insular and inwardly focused, but is on mission. You see, the Trinity, through the church, into the world, 
This is the trajectory. This is the mission. This is the great commission that you and I are called to be on. Jesus himself, in that great high priestly prayer before his crucifixion, he prays the following. He prays this for the apostles, and he prays this for what will become the church. And he says, I don't ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. That's the church. That they may be one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you. That's the Trinity. That they may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. Very clearly. The purpose is to bring the world into that relationship. And this was the plan from the beginning. We see this, first off, in, in, uh, in Eden. God created man to be in relationship with him and with one another, and he created Eden to be uh, uh, expanded to the entire world. He created Israel. Uh, when, when mankind fell, he created Israel as a redeemed humanity to be a priestly nation, to represent God to the world and the world to God, to bring them into that relationship with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And when Israel had failed, he sent his son Jesus, and then through the Holy Spirit, the church, to be on mission, to reach the world and bring them into that relationship. Jesus tells us in, in Acts 1, verse 8, he's speaking to the disciples when he's about to ascend. He says, you will receive power and the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witness in Jerusalem. That's the epicenter. And then Judea. And then beyond that to Samaria. And then finally to the ends of the earth. And again, this was the purpose from the beginning. You see, this triune relationship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is so good, so abundant and loving and incredible for, from eternity past into eternity future that God created an entire universe to be welcomed in, to participate in this incredible relationship. And that's what your purpose is here, to invite the world in. And this brings us back to the Great Commission, our marching orders. We are called to go and make disciples of all nations, that's the whole world, baptizing them into the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. We've got our marching orders. Through baptism, we ourselves have been immersed into the life of the Trinity, and that's the church sharing that loving, eternal, life-giving relationship, Father, Son, and Spirit that will never end. And we have been commissioned, sent to go into the world that they might know Jesus too. And how great the need is for this loving relationship that the world has. The stats today on the rising stress, the depression, the broken relationships, broken homes, uh, broken identities. The world needs this. The world needs the triune love of God. And this is our commission. From the Trinity, through the church, into the world, we ourselves have been commissioned to spread the gospel of the Trinity. 
In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.